Hey, Jim. What's up, Adam? Whoa, dude, that thing's a monster. I've never seen one so big. I hope you don't mind me staring. No worries. Get an eyeful while we're in here. My wife loves it. She tells all her friends how happy it makes her. I wish I had a big one like yours. My wife never talks about mine that way. I'll tell you my secret. Just keep it to yourself. We don't want every guy in the neighborhood having a beast like this. You're right. Absolutely right. So what's the trick to making mine bigger? Late at night, when the old lady's asleep, hop on your computer and head on over to Joe's Shrimp Shack. That's it? Oh, yeah. Just use promo code AquariumGuys at checkout for 15% off your order and bring home some massive crayfish, just like this one here. Awesome. So you finished with your water changes yet? <clears throat> JoeShrimpShack.com. Make all the ladies jealous. Welcome to the Aquarium Guys podcast with your hosts, Jim Colby and Rob Zolson. Right, guys welcome to the podcast today we are doing the mythical episode that we lost and never found so we're gonna do it again the right way of bracket lost it on purpose i did it was not good and uh it was good i might have sniffed it's, a few markers it, it's kind of like bigfoot i mean we know it's out there we just can't find it that's why my mom never let me around the rubber cement either that's right. anyways i am your host rob zolson i'm jim colby and i'm adam el so today there is no guest because i mean we're, we're hitting a topic that nobody really does on a prevalent scale, and that's sad, and we're here to stop that. We're going to stop that? Yeah, we got we to gotta get them into brackish. Into brackish know? water. Everybody's scared of it. They think it's like, you know, 50% of the way to expense for salt, and we're here to tell them otherwise. All right. Well, let's get so started. They also call this salt water light. I mean, that would be a better brand, you know? Salt light. Diet Coke sells more than regular Coke, so why not? Salt light. There we go. Salt Whoa. light. I do have news. Oh, Adam hit us. Adam news. has news. I I heard that uh, on Twitter, Coca Cola said that they were sick of tired of 2020, so they were putting cocaine back in Coke again. I'm all for that. I tell you what, it's been a crappy year so far. Didn't they have that when you were a child, Jim? They had cocaine in the Coke. They they well, it depends on where you lived. You know what neighborhood. If you know what I mean. <laughs> well, he was throwing jacks at the soda fountain, so he would be no. I mean, oh, he, he's you our, guys can suck it. He's our guy to know. You're going to be sad when you find out what I what I found out from HR. All right. Well, let's get right into that. Well, you know, Adam keeps asking, do we have HR? And so we don't have an HR department, but, but we're thinking that we probably should get one because of all the things that are said in this podcast. we got to outsource it. Segregation. Somewhere. Yeah, stuff like that. You know, so anyway... As as we all know, uh, everybody here knows who Boo is, who is, and that is uh, my wife's cousin, and she is actually HR for her. She company. volunteered to be HR for us. Well, I asked her some questions, and she goes, I, and she goes, so what's the problem in your company? <laughs> and, and 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 Marie knows Rob well, <laughs> and I said, well, things are said sometimes that shouldn't be said, and and you know we're just trying to. Did you play her some highlights to show? Well, she's heard it many oh, times. She's listened. She's listened. <laughs> she's a listener. And she's agreed. She goes, yeah, you guys probably need a little, a little, a little fix me up, you know? Yeah, shout out to maybe, Boo. May, yeah, maybe a little bit of uh, a meeting, you know, and stuff. But but once I, you know, explain to her that most of it's you, Rob, you know, not Adam and I and stuff. So she came oh. up, here, here, here's what she came up with. We have, we have one or two choices. I already know which one I vote for. I'm going to wait for Adam to vote. You don't get a vote because you suck. So- Fair. So what we can do is every time Rob says something offensive or wrong, I either can either A, have a squirt gun and squirt him like a bad dog in the face, or 
B, and this is the one I'm going for, is we can put the shot collar on him for the dog. Ooh. I'm going with B. All yeah, right. B. All right. I'm going to confess something. I'll have to link this in the chat. So a long time ago, my wife got a TENS unit. That was hilarious. For those that don't know what a TENS unit is, Google that. It's like those little sticky pads you put on yourself, and then it electrocutes you to like relieve muscle pain and whatnot. So uh, my wife got it because she's got a bad back, and I decided that I was going to screw with it one night. So we started you know, putting it on our hands, see what happened. And of course, our hands involuntary clasp like we're you know, crab people. We put it on our arms, and our arms just like go up and down, like it's some sort of a, you know sick motion that would get sent to HR for, you know. <laughs> so the obvious idea, besides you know putting it on some place you'd never put it, would be all right on your face, you know. So we stuck four pads on my face, recorded it on uh, on YouTube. We call it the face acution, and uh, I really haven't shown many people it on purpose. So it's if quite you embarrassing. so if you go on YouTube right now, it's uh it's got a really really bad sound behind it my wife always wanted to do it because as, was, say like a, a ringtone but it should yeah be a ringtone but he was crying the whole time is hilarious which is funnier yet right so here here's a little and he's 100 pounds heavier so he looks like a clown here's a small taste of getting electrocuted <laughs> so yeah i don't recommend it <laughs> so i'm gonna bring over my dog collar next week and that's what we'll do. The shot collar. And every time you say, say something offensive. And you'll just hear me swear on the mic well, and you'll no, see some ducks. No, just um, people can vote. And so like if somebody says, Jimmy, shock him, then I'll just shock him. I can just about see the, the chat just putting in shock emojis every time. That's that's what I'm saying. All right. And so so now that we have our HR problem figured out, you know, the, the problem basically has been you, I guess. And well, so it's either a squirt gun, which would ruin electronics down here. Or electricity yes. in your body, which would ruin you, but it's cheaper to ruin you. Well, we'll see what happens. You know, um, by next stream, it might happen. But if you guys want to come listen to these live, uh, we are on Discord. So go on our website, AquariumGuysPodcast.com, the bottom of the website. You'll find the link for Discord. And that's where we're actually on camera right now in front of the entire audience. They're uh, sending us information and already prepping up for the brackish conversation. But uh, maybe next week there'll be a shot caller on me that you can press a button for. So don't miss the fun. Come join it. You can only get uh, the live here. We don't put it back up on YouTube. So uh, come join the party. And I got some this more. Is... I got some more news, too, about uh, something else that I forgot about right now. Oh, so Secrets Farms sent me a present with my last shipment of fish, and it was a tropical fish hobbyist magazine that's still being printed oh see i thought it was going to be like one of those things where you know your insurance company gave you back 50 bucks due to covid because you weren't driving as much <laughs> yeah no i got no money back from seekers farms well i'm glad you got a magazine but they sent me a nice magazine and yes a tropical fish hobbyist uh magazine we talked about a few podcasts back nobody was quite sure if they're still making it it's been out there since 1952 or 55 and they still exist they still exist and so they, how often do they do the issues every like two months like yes, every monthly every every bi yeah bi-monthly every bi -monthly. two months it all, it has salt water and fresh water in the same issue. So well, now I got to find a way to sign up. Like number one, we we didn't know about it. So no. now, now you have a magazine. Like, hey Jimmy, come on man, you need to know about this. So now we got to find a link, share it with people. Yeah. So it's Tropical Fish Hobbyist magazine. Been around since uh, fifty five, I think I said on there, and um, got salt and fresh. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. I still like it that they they answer a few questions, kind of like in the first part of it. Not a whole lot of advertising uh, in there. Uh, let's say for people selling fish. But well, maybe we can fix that. We'll put aquarium guys advertising in there. Yeah, but there's a lot of uh, you know a lot of people like Tetra and stuff advertising in there, and I saw some pretty cool items in there. I was going to bring the magazine tonight, and I forgot. How could you? 
Uh, it's been a long day. So uh, before we get continue, because we have a lot of news. We have a lot of people that messaged us this last week. What's that? Apparently, the moment I told them that our numbers on the, the podcast, no one, no one listened. But when I told them they could text us, yeah, I've been getting text messages. That's good. So uh, I, I kind of want to better you. Than I don't want to retract it because I want to be there to help people. But uh, I feel like this is going to grow. So, uh, Jimmy, how is Jen? My wife is doing pretty well now. Uh, for those of you uh, in the loop, she had uh, surgery, I think, about a week ago Monday. They w- went in to uh, remove her ovaries, and they found a large uh, cyst, which they originally called a tumor, which really uh, freaked a lot of us out. Well, that doesn't help. Nope. They changed the word to cyst. They removed it. It was connected to many parts of her body, and uh, the worst part, it was connected to her colon, and her colon was perforated, and they fixed that. She's had a, a tough probably seven or eight days now, but she's finally coming out of it and and uh, feeling much better. So uh, thanks for those thoughts and prayers from everybody out there. Yeah, we had to delay the podcast uh, for you just to make uh, make so you had some time because it was very unexpected and how everything turned out. So we're gra- glad to hear Jen is doing well. Yeah. She, and eating cookies. Yes. And uh, we expected her to be out uh, for two to three days. And they kept her in the hospital for uh, three days. And uh, we're doing quite well now because Tanasa, Rob's wife, Tanasa, was nice enough to make us about six dozen cookies. And uh, we're down about three dozen. So I'm just saying, Tanasa, if you're listening, we're down. Thanks for the diabetes. That's right. What's Adam got today? Oh, I don't really have much. What? I thought you had something, man. Well, in the inspiration of uh, nothing on Adam's plate. Let's go to. <laughs> <laughs> My life is very difficult. Very difficult. Very, well, you, you're the father of four children. Right. That's actually easy some days. <laughs> when- I'll take your word for it. So we got a text message. I don't have any names here, so I'm just going by uh, telephone numbers. So in the area code 847 says, hey, guys, I've been uh, binge listening to the podcast while doing work around the house on the vacation. I'm wondering why native fish aren't more prevalent in the hobby. I've always wanted to set up a native tank with something like rainbow shiners, but it seems like they're hard to find expensive. Uh, this is hard to understand since many native fish rival exotic fish in appearance. Thanks and keep up the good work, guys. So I, I put that really I couldn't agree more. But I mean, the real reason that I've found why we don't see a lot more people hosting bluegills is number one, local laws. You can't just go out and harvest game fish for yourself to put in a tank because of the DNR may, may prevent it in your state. In Minnesota, that is certainly the case. We have live well ordinances that do not allow it. However, in Minnesota... I'm just giving that as an example because we live here and we don't know your law state. Contact your DNR. But if you want to harvest local species that are not game fish, such as minnows, there are bait, uh, sometimes a bait license you have to purchase. In Minnesota, you can do that for non-game fish. But if you want to have like a bluegill or, a, you know, heaven forbid, a crappier bass in an aquarium, they do stickle have back minnows. stickleback minnows. If you, <laughs> That's not a game fish. But if you want something that is a game fish, they do have places that you can get it at local pet stores. And has to order in from farms that have the correct licensing where they were farmed and purchased from a pet store and you can legally have them as a pet. You just cannot go to your lake, for instance, you know, keep your pet because they're worried that you're going to just stick that pet right back where it came from. Yeah. When I was when I was wholesaling, I checked into the license and stuff because you have a special license just to sell. Uh, and I think at that time it was three three types of game fish. And uh, at that time, the license was very expensive, and it was one of those deals where you'd never make your money back on the license and stuff. So, I mean, you can do it. Um, in that Tropical Fish Hobbies magazine that Seagrass Farms was so nice to send me, that question actually was asked in there, and uh, they pretty much said the same thing, you know, check with your local DNR. But, yeah, that- but there is some fish that you can have 
in the aquarium, like flagfish, American flagfish are pretty common. Yeah, but again, they uh, they're, they're not huge in prevalence. They they have muted colors. Something like a, a shiner minnow is a good example, right? It's something that's really beautiful. In fact, we had a picture of uh, one I think put on Discord here a little bit ago. But they're quite beautiful, and they're again not not the easiest to get because of baiting licenses. And people tend to go for something exotic that they've never seen before. They look at something like uh, a discus and go, wow, we don't have anything that in Minnesota. That's what I want to display. So th there's both mentalities of, yes, it's expensive and hard to do. And then we want something exotic in our tanks that we've never seen before for just the impression of, hey, that's cool. So I, I hope that helps to answer your question. But don't let that stop you. You know, check your local laws and get yourself a minnow um, trap. These things are easy to purchase from your local uh, fleet supply store. They're decently uh, priced. And it's a completely humane way. It's, there's no net for these minnow traps. They're just two cones at the end and kind of like a cylinder. And uh, cat, capture local minnows on your own. And I think, you know, stickleback is starting to catch uh, some attention. That's what was mentioned before. Hopefully we'll see those more in the aquarium trade. I want to get into those more myself. I've kept them in the past. And they're, they're a fun, you know, minnow that has some real good color that looks uh, kind of like a mini uh, walleye. And their behavior is really cool. They build nests out of sticks and grass. Do so, they really? Yeah, I had them, and then all of a sudden, my heater fucking shit out on me. Oh, that's some ducks. That's some ducks. There are some ducks. <laughs> there, there again, I just had a shock him. Yeah. Shock. We, I, need, we need a shock collar for us all, for, right? If I'm going to do it, you better put something on your neck. I, I will. I'll put on my a nice shiny cross or something. Is that right? Yeah. Kind of like your, your bling there? That's right. Make yourself look like a you know, cholo landlord? Yeah, there we go. Oh, oh, my neck. Oh, okay. I'm going to fry your brains <laughs> until they smell like scrambled eggs. See? <laughs> see anyways so the text message back would say hey um to the response of wow you really do respond quickly i mean when you send me this text message it sends directly to my phone so again at the bottom of the website aquariumguyspodcast.com you got questions for us email text message phone call leave a message come on discord however you want but uh, we're extremely responsive and people are finally getting that all right next one is from area code 917 and they uh, write us saying, hi, Aquarium guys. This is major 911 shot in the dark, but I'm freaked out. I'm a total newbie. Discovered ick in one of my two tanks, a 30-gallon with platys and tetras. Only one fish is showing symptoms other than spots, and the other, uh, other two have ick white spots. Planning on going to Peco first thing in the AM because, of course, I don't have any quick cure or quarantine tank. Is it worth quarantining these three fish, or should I treat the whole tank together? Uh, favorite com uh, commercial it cures. Does adding aquarium salt really cure everything? And do I increase the temperature? Also, great podcast. So funny all the time. I didn't leave with that, but I'm very worried right now. So I immediately message her back, letting her know, start right now by raising your temperature to 82 degrees. And letting her know that, yes, salt helps. And use, you know, topical it cures like methylene blue. Yeah, I mean, last week we were schooled by Dr. Fish. And he told us once, if you if you take your fish out of the, your regular tank, what was it, 30 or 36 hours, all the ick is well, gone. Dead no matter what in the tank. Right. But you have to remove your fish from that tank. Right. So it would be great if, uh, just another reason to buy another tank, have a quarantine tank, put those fish in there, treat them there. A lot of times uh, the fish, the ick cure, will stain your tank a little bit and you can pop them in there, leave them in there for three, four days and then. After that, you can put them back in your regular tank and you should be fine. I think that's more of a decoration uh, protection. If you don't want to ruin your decorations or plants in the tank, you can take all of your fish out, treat them in the quarantine tank, 
and then leave your normal tank sit for three days. You know it's out of the normal tank. They're already quarantining and, and curing the quarantine tank. Then you can move them back in. Yeah. So that's a interesting way. I think it adds potential to add some stress to the fish. Uh, so doing it in a quarantine tank, but uh, you know, those are the tools that you trade. You know, make a best decision for yourself. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people have live plants, and a lot of that ick medicine doesn't go well with live plants. Also, depending on the silicone used on the seams of the aquarium, you know, a lot of times that will stain it blue or a different green or whatever you're using for a ick cure. So listen to the podcast with Dr. Fish, and he really explains it well. He's on top of his game. And we've gotten a lot of great feedback on that. I mean, the feedback we got, I mean, of course, Sandy uh, gave us a message saying she Sandy Moore it. from Secrets Farms, president. So if she enjoys it, I mean, that that's, you know, checkbox there. There we go. But uh, the fans have been overwhelmed, and they're excited for more. We're going to do that as a continuation series. We hopefully aim to do that once a month. So uh, thank you, Dr. Fish, and we can't wait to have you on again. Yeah, I've got, I'm going to have questions. You have questions now? But well, how, I'm going to build more questions. I've got questions. Like, how many times can you shock Rob until his brain melts? It smells like scrambled eggs. That's that's what I want to know. So I haven't proofread this. So that's an HR mistake, number one. But we have a email yeah. from, from Kat and says, Hey there, Recording Guys podcast. You remember me as the terrified beginner who texts you about ick. Okay, so she emailed back. Here wow. we go. Your tank uh, tank has been uh, raised. Salt and meds have been administered. All my fish look okay for now. Fingers crossed. Thanks so much for the help. Just hearing back from a real person opposed to a zillion contradictory articles forum posts was so reassuring. I really want the best possible life for my fish, and I'm sure grateful. Forgive me for more super uh, level beginner questions. Potential question for the podcast as a beginner, less than a year of the hobby. What's the best way to meet other local aquarists? I joined your Discord. I am Pitbulls and Platties. But are there any other ways recommending to make local connections? I'd love to have a buddy or two to swap fish and plants with extra equipment with. I live near a big northeastern U.S. city. So let's answer that first because there's a couple more questions here. Of course, Discord. Like, we we have our own community. If you don't have people around you, great way to do it. Facebook. You know, there's Facebook to find your your area. Generally, like, I live in the you know Fargo-Moorhead area. So there's, of course, a Facebook community for that. Find yours in the local area. Fish people really tend to cling to the Facebook groups because Facebook um, not just works for um, as a social media platform, but really is more accustomed to the older demographic. So they're the ones that are probably just introduced to Facebook where other people have moved on to such things as Twitter or Instagram. So Facebook is still the big prevalent thing for fish keepers. Um, Find yourself your aquarium society. If you live by a northeastern big U.S. city, guarantee there's aquarium society there. Uh, find that pay your small fee and you know join virtual meetings now that we have the covid happening so those are still going and on. that just got us banned zap them again yeah there we go. we're not on youtube i can say covid the other thing too is if you want to connect with fish people go to your favorite fish store sit there for two hours on a saturday afternoon and just talk yep. to people they will connect you everybody there has a connection and they might already have something set up they it would say you know ask your ask your fish store owner um, especially your independent stores. That's the ones that I really like to support. And they usually have such a group of people. And they'll say, yeah, give this guy a call. Give this guy a call. And you'll be set up. And pretty soon you'll be uh, overwhelmed with the uh, And ask friends. if they have a local swap meet. Because a lot of times they'll schedule those every uh, so often. Um, just at the store where they have bring in people and they have vendor tables. You know, that's a, that's a thing that just stores do as well. So hopefully that give you a few different ideas. Next question. 
Second part of the question is, where the heck should I buy my fish? Right now, I'm sticking to Platy's Tetris and potential other small tropical fish. Hoping to get a third tank made this fall. Well, your local your local pet store. There's plenty of great places online, such as joeshrimpshack.com. Yep. Promo code Aquarium Guys at checkout for 15% off. Um, it really comes down to who has what you're looking for, because so many stores right now, due to COVID, are missing everything. You know, what's some of the things that you see, Jimmy, that are completely missing from the market? I was up in Fargo, North Dakota today, took my wife out for lunch. We stopped at uh, Pet Smart, actually, to purchase some dog food for our, our puppy. And they had nothing. And when I mean nothing, they had uh, angelfish, they had some feeder goldfish, and they had a, a fiddler crab. Every tank they had was completely... Just scrapes? So everything just, from the major box stores? Yeah, major box stores were empty, and I've been seeing that for the last, jeepers, six, eight weeks. Uh, very limited in what they're getting in. And it's not that there's a shortage of fish, it's just really tough getting them in at this time. Um, I've talked about it before. The cost of uh, shipping has gone up because uh, we have to do stuff like bring it in through UPS, which is very expensive, versus the airlines, which is about half the price. Uh, airlines aren't flying right now because of, of uh, everything going on in the world. Uh, a lot of people like ourselves up here north, I usually would bring in stuff once a week, uh, every single week of the year. And right now we're bringing stuff in about every three weeks and getting very limited amounts of stuff. Um, stuff and it's not that you don't have demand for it because clearly oh, demand yeah. skyrocketed due to this time. Everybody's because everybody's time. at home. They're not going to concerts. They're, you know, they want an indoor COVID safe activity in aquariums or that. So it's it's not that the demand isn't there, it's just access. Yes, and the thing is, the fish are out there. It's just to try to get them there. Some people are refusing to work. Uh, just to give you a for instance, um, Seagrass Farms, uh, I talked to them last week trying to get some stuff delivered be, uh, because in the state of Florida now, they're being required wearing face masks all the time at work. It's very tough to, to uh, keep people working all day long when it's 90 degrees and 100% humidity. And I know they were down to maybe eight or 10 people out in the fish room picking picking orders and putting them in boxes and stuff. And for that very reason, I had to wait an extra two or three days where normally I get stuff overnight. But um, it's just that they're having a tough time getting all their help in because, um, unfortunately, nobody really wants to wear a mask when it's 90 degrees and you're working in a hot, humid hot, humid environment. And that's just a fact. That's how it goes. Yeah, some of the thing. I mean, everything is missing hit and miss depending on the store. But even you can't even order uh, stuff like eels right now. You can't get fighter eels. You, there's a lot of select items that are just across the board. Holes are falling apart. But to go into further her question, she noticed here that uh, some of her local mom and pop stores, you know, they go in there, dead fish are floating around. It's not very taken care of, so she doesn't want to go to that local fish store. So, again, find your best place online. Try to find the uh, – not necessarily Facebook. Facebook will lead you to the people. Facebook's not allowed to sell live fish. They can only sell plants due to the terms of service, but you'll still find people – that uh, have access to them, or you could private message to find out more information. Those are the best ways. I know it's uh, rather limiting, but <clears throat> joeshrimpshack.com. Uh, amazing results, Long Chill the Wood. And last question is, any idea variety of this Tetra is? I have three of them hanging out in my 30-gallon aquarium. I really like them. My first experience with the schooling fish, I'd love to know uh, what they are so I can make sure giving them everything they need. Thank you all for your help, Pipples and Platties. So, Jimmy, uh, I just want your confirmation. Does that not look like a green bar, uh, tiger barb to you? That is, he said. So, confirmed, your schooling fish are green tiger barbs. They are a modification of tiger barbs to have a different color. So, you'll see, like, their head and top fins look like a tiger barb. The rest 
is kind of that blotch dark green. You also find them as green moss tiger barbs. Right. And if you like tiger barbs, they are all the same fish with different color morphs, and you can get albino, you can get the green moss, you get the regular tiger barbs, and now they're glow tiger barbs also. So um, all kinds of tiger barbs, they're all the same fish. They all can go together. Um, one of the questions I saw in the Tropical Fish Hobbyist magazine is there was a newbie who was confused. She had six different kinds of glow fish, or I should say glow tetras, which are the uh, black tetras, which were um, at one time black tetras, but then turned to white tetras and now turned into the glow tetras. And she thought they were all different fish because they're different colors, but they're all the same fish, all the same requirements. Um, but just a common mistake. But when you're brand new, there is no dumb question ever. So please ask all these questions. And if we go over them a thousand times, I apologize, but we want new beginners to be successful. I thought that uh, the green moss tiger barbs seemed to be less aggressive than regular tiger barbs, didn't they? I, I have heard that. And I don't know why that would be, but I have heard that green moss tiger barbs are. Um, I got some albinos. And I thought they were really poor eaters, but then somebody pushed out the idea, well, you know, they're albinos, so they got poor eyesight. Or you farted. And yeah. they just, uh, they're scared, and they're hiding in the corner. There you go. Running I, for their lives. I just could have shocked you again. <laughs> All right, last thing. From one of our listeners, uh, I want to give a shout out to Marine LY Betas. Um, they sent us in some information, and this has been bouncing around on Facebook. Um, normally when you get on Facebook, you'll see these pictures of like, Ooh, violet blue angelfish, and it's just someone photoshopping some images. This is a little video clip of they have metal right next to it that makes it look very vivid and clear that this doesn't seem photoshopped, but it shows overseas that they're making some sort of glow placo. It looks like a bristlenose placo. They look like an albino bristlenose. And let me tell you, you think that the yellow green betas look terrifying? These things look like they're like actually like radioactive. Look like the Green Hornet. They're they move in the picture so fluently, it's really uh, hard to fake that. So my question is, because I sent it over to uh, Matt Peterson, because Matt Peterson's very in touch with you know PR. Because anytime that they make a new glow beta, he'll be one of the first to know, because it can he's a news outlet for the fish industry. So they're very keen on letting the public know ahead of time when these things are coming out officially. So. Is this an actual glow beta, like the glow angel fish that they've done uh, in the past that aren't aren't out in some, you know, third parties just breaking the copyright overseas? Um, we don't know. Or worse, this could be something that's dyed. It looks really pure across the entire thing. So if it is dyed, I expect it to be stained. Blotchy. Like they were dipping them because it's everywhere nice and uh, nice and pure on the fish. So don't know, but we're seeing leaks of that. It's uh we really hope it's not injected or died. That would be really cruel and unusual. But, On one of the uh, Corydora sites, they're dying albino quarries. Oh, they've, they've yeah. So what, what's the list that we've seen so far? In the trade, we have uh, Danos, right? We have White Skirt Tetras. We have sharks. Uh, Rainbow Sharks, specifically. We have... Tiger Barbs. Tiger Barbs. We have Betas. I think that covers it, isn't that? And and, and they are, there are angelfish overseas. Right, but... But like, they're not that available would be, here. That would be the available here that has a USDA patent, I believe. Yeah. So overseas, people have taken the same process because no one owns the copyrights overseas. And we've seen, like you said, Corydoras. We've seen Angelfish for sure. Um, we've seen attempts at Oscars. Um, there's a few others. I think some Catfish that did, uh, that I can't remember. 
But this is the first time I've ever seen a Playco being touched. Yeah. And the, and the Oscars that are available here in the U.S. are dyed. Uh, you'll see a Blueberry Oscar, which is a albino Oscar that's been dyed. Right. So not a glowfish. Again, if you got any news that you want to share with the other team, uh, just like uh, Marine L.Y. Bidders did, certainly go on our Discord and let us know. And I'll make a phone call to Secrets Farms and see what they know. You never know what you can scoop up by talking to friends, right? Yes, right. Just like talking to Matt. So I got that uh, information. He got uh, no official statement, but it could be stained. So. I don't know. We'll find out. Anywho, we should probably get into our, our normal topic. Are you are you guys ready? Uh, born ready. Did you did you prep your brackish aquariums in the event of this podcast? Oh. That I, we had to do again? Yes, because you guys screwed it up last time. No, no, no. I didn't screw it up. It was an awesome podcast, and Rob's lost it in quotes. That, that's fair. That That is fair. That's 100% fair. The, uh, just going back, that was this past winter when after we came back from uh, going over to the big saltwater aquarium. You guys decided to do a podcast. I said, I'm going to bed. And you guys did a podcast till 2 o'clock in the morning and then lost it. And then lost it. Gone. Poof. Here's getting back into it. So brackish tanks. For those that, because we're going to go from every level that we can possibly do and give some suggestions. What are you guys calling it? Diet salt water? So there's fresh (laughs) water. water There's salt water light. Salt water light. (laughs) Don't drink your uh, tank water, contrary to some of my my listeners. Um, Again, fresh water. Salt water and brackish is right, right in between, kind of that mangrove uh, style aquarium. And there's a plethora of fish that get ignored because no one wants to attempt it. Either if you're going to go to salt, why not go all the way? They don't want to go in between because there's a lot of education and not a lot of other people doing it. And above all else, there's not a lot of marketing. People say that the fish are muted or complicated. And we're here to tell you that that's just not true. Not true at all. I like my personal brackish fish that i have fallen in love with in the last six months has been the little pea puffers and those we're bringing in from overseas and the last shipment we got in of about 300 i sold 150 of them to one of my stores and she sold them all in about four days poof gone and those pea puffers if you've not noticed them they are literally the size of a pea um she her uh my customer that sold them put them in a planted tank, and she threw 150 in a 55-gallon tank, and it looks just like a big, giant swarm of bees buzzing around in there. And They move very weird. They're not like a swim fish. They just kind of hover. and Kind of like a hummingbird. aliens. Yeah, like a hummingbird. And uh, she sells the snot on them, and her whole trick is, is when she gets stuff in like that, she puts it on Facebook and says, you know, arriving at 3 o'clock on Friday afternoon. And uh, she'll be ready for them. And people just come in in droves and she sells multiple. She has multiple pricing. So if you're out there uh, running a pet store, uh, don't be afraid to use multiple pricing, even on fish that are, you know, four or five bucks. Uh, I do that all the time with my neons when I sell neons. So let's start with, you know, how to set up a tank. Let's start at the beginner level here. So most of the people have never tried brackish. So I want to encourage you to start a brackish tank. Get 20, a 40, a 55, whatever you can scrap together for a brackish tank. and Or, or go buy a new tank. Let's start going yeah, down the essentials. Tank. Buy a new tank. Right. So buy a new tank because that's always our, you know, don't have enough fish room, buy a new tank. Fish got sick, need some quarantine, buy a new tank. We need to just catchphrase that or something. Buy a new tank. Buy a new tank. So that should be a shirt. <laughs> should be a shirt. Should be a shirt. So let's talk about the necessities and how it's so much harder. I mean, I'm going to beat this like a dead animal because that's what I get from everybody when I mention brackish. Like, oh, no, don't do it. It's harder. So. Gravel, you can use sand. Sand is better. Right? You can use gravel. 
like pea gravel. You can mix it. River rock. There, there's no limitations there. You can still have a planted bed. Uh, decorations. You know, some. I don't think there's anything different with decorations. You can have anything that uh, you want as far as bleeding, and maybe it's whatever decorations might dissolve in salt, but you still shouldn't have those decorations in your tank with fresh water. So there's no change there. Let's keep going over the list. Heater. The heater doesn't change. Filtration. Filtration seems the same. You can still use carbon. You can still do your sump, hang in the back, canister, overflow. No change there. Lighting doesn't change. It seems like it's the same, Jimmy. It's kind of the same, but you add what? Salt. There you go. So how much salt do you add to make it brackish? Well, a fourth of a cup. Per gallon? Five gallons. For five gallons. So just use the aquarium salt you buy in the store, or can you use the sea salt mix? I do. I always use the sea salt mix. I thought that that was better. I was actually told by somebody that it's actually better for the fish. And it has a lot of buffering and different things in it and stuff, too. But I know that different brands of salt water, um, you might want to have to play with it a little bit. Buy yourself a what? Hydrometer. Because because you might want to play with it a little bit just for the fact that some uh like instant ocean different different uh salt water salt uh some of it's stronger than others and we've heard that over and over so uh we're talking about when he's talking about the quarter cup for five gallons he's talking about aquarium salt which is the granulated salt that you can buy at the aquarium store now but, some of these barometers that you find right because we had a debate before this we're trying to make sure we have all our facts hydrometers excuse not me you are barometer. dumb I shocked Zap you right there. Again. Oh. <laughs> so trying to find these devices, the hydrometers, there's essentially two different ones you can find on the market. You can find what you guys call the instant ocean, you know, measurement. It's like a little square plastic unit you scoop water into, and it shows kind of like a, I don't know, half a circle on a kind of like a speedometer, if you will, and shows right where your salinity is. So that's $15. I have never used them jimmy and adam I've, swear by them i've got six or They're, seven of them at least if i've ever I've done this, two or three you yeah. two or three when i've yeah. ever done this i'm not gonna lie to you guys like i'm, I'm bad this is a shame on rob's moment i i really don't uh even test it i uh, put in the mix and i frankly See, I, taste the water i'd shock you right there I, I do a lot of sniffing sniffing does a lot better for me than uh ta- uh were you, you sniffing glue before that this podcast? a lot. Oh, my God. No wonder. It, it works. I've had great success. I haven't had really any issues anytime I've had a brackish tank. I just do the full measurement, do a sniff and sniff or taste test, and I'm, I'm good to go. Like, add a little bit more, add a little fresh, whatever's necessary. So, so just as, as stupid as it sounds, it's not that tough. Not tough. If and, I can sniff and taste, you guys can use a hydrometer. Yeah. So what I, what I want to explain to people, too, I've had this misconception that people have said to me, well, I don't want to do brackish. Because I don't want that salt creep on the outside of my tank, like a saltwater tank. If you're familiar with saltwater tanks, you get that nice crusty shit on the top. It, yes, and, and it's called salt creep. And the, as the salt just kind of, it looks like it crawls out of the tank, and it it looks crystallizes. And- yeah, and you don't get that from brackish tanks. So put that out of your head. You're not going to get any salt creep from a brackish tank if you're doing it right. I, I mean, at worst, you'll get the same film that you do in a freshwater tank. I haven't seen any like exponential increase of like calcium getting sucked out and maybe even it dissolves the calcium on the top lip i really haven't had much of a problem at all yeah and and the other thing you gotta remember with your brackish tanks is that when you do a water change you need to replace that salt but 
if you're just if you're let's say your tank is in a very warm room and it's evaporated the salt does not evaporate out of the tank then you can just top it off with fresh water so I, i try to gauge my tanks like imagine you cut your tank in half and then fourths you try to measure how many gallons that would be like i have a 75 gallon tank that you're looking at right next to you jimmy so if i'm you know, a third's out of there. I'm going to add that many gallons and, and gas on that much salt. Then put my hydrometer in there to make sure my salinity is still uh, good enough after everything mixes. And if I have to add more fresh or add more salt, I can just go from there. It's best effort. Yes. And so it's not tough at all. If Rob can do it, you can do it. Even like if you want to go as far as, because I always use the Python units to connect my sink so I don't have to carry buckets ever. But if you really wanted to go there, you could do water changes with a five-gallon bucket and then measure how many gallons you're taking out so you know exactly what to put back in. That's too much work. Do a best guess scenario, measure with a hydrometer, and go from there. Yeah. What I've done in when I first was doing a brackish tank to help myself out, I, I did a 20-gallon high. And what I did is I just took a – seriously took a, a measuring uh, stick – and measured, I think, what is what is a 20-gallon high? 24 inches? 20? 20 inches? Yeah. And anyway, I just divided it in fourth, so I knew what every five gallons was. I just put a little tiny mark with a magic marker on the side of the tank. So when I drained it, I knew it was five gallons or 10 gallons, and I knew I either had to throw in a quarter cup of salt or a half a cup of salt. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Yeah, oh, but don't also make sure to put the salt in the water that you're adding, not just dump it dry into the tank. So here's a good one. This goes for saltwater users as well. If you don't want to burn the uh, skin or fins off your uh, fish, especially corridors are the most susceptible or, or loaches in the bottom of your tank, never put salt directly into your tank. So if you're going to treat medicinally, you're going to treat for brackish, whatever you're doing, take that salt, melt it in a cup, and then put it in your water. I got something better. When when we were doing it for saltwater tanks, when I was helping do tank maintenance with, with Ty. Wait, you're telling me that you put your glass into the rim and then made a margarita? Well, we were usually drunk when we were doing it. No. <laughs> the best thing you can do is get yourself a cheap power head, five bucks, six bucks, and you put your salt in, in your in your pail. You, you drop your power head in there and you walk away and it spins that in there so fast. Five minutes, it's 100% all mixed up, and you don't have to worry about anything. And we had four or five power heads and four or five buckets all the time just spinning that salt because um, we were doing saltwater tanks at the time, and that salt takes a long time to dissolve sometimes. I feel like pressuring the, the word cheap power head because if you like get some granules in there that start burning out your motor, you don't really want it to be expensive. That's right. And so we, all these old power heads that we had, they were, we just drop them in there and it, it would spin that water. just like a whirlpool. It was fantastic. Here's an idea, what? right? Tell me. You have a hang on the back filter or something else that has a, a, motor, a power head on it. Maybe an old UV filter that the bulb burnt out in. Just pop that in there. And you're not having to buy anything special. No. Or else you could even take a, uh old aquarium pump and a air stone and put it in there. But the more violent the water movement, the quicker the salt dissolves. And it's just easier than sitting there stirring it with a stick. I just take a red solo cup, take a spoon, and sit and watch TV. I mean, that's that's yeah, because that's because it's for chocolate pudding, and you're eating it while you're watching TV. It's not easy, man. I <laughs> know. So moving on to the uh, back to the barometer, you guys. It's not a barometer, dumbass. Hydrometer. Barometer is for weather. Excuse me, hydrometer. God, you're... thank God you guys are here. Here's here's a little 
here, let me give you some advice. The next time you run the microwave, close the damn door because I think the little neutrons are getting in your brain, dumbass. But I smell burning. Yeah, it's your scrambled egg brains. Regardless, man. the hydrometer you can also purchase is a brewer's hydrometer right on Amazon. You can get these for like three, four bucks. <laughs> They're glass. They're food grade. They can't get manipulated or stepped on for the plastic shitty ones that you get. Yeah. Drop yeah, them. but you cut your finger open and get stitches. Yeah. Don't break them, right? They, yeah, drop them one time. They'll literally work forever. They're cheaper, all right? And they're food grade, right? If if they do it for beer, I feel it's more trustworthy than these stupid ones for, uh, what was it you call Live Reef? Yeah. Well, let me ask Adam one thing. Hey, how many times do they bounce off the floor? Um, they don't. You guys are you go. violent with they your do shit. Not. That's what this is. No, you know how stuff is. You got stuff laying around. You you don't put it properly away in a package it should be put in. It's laying there and you bump it. It hits the ground and it's broken. Yeah, definitely have, some alcohol at your house. No, that plastic one, you can punt across the, the room and it's just fine. I feel like this future yeah. YouTube video happening. Yes, do it. Just Pat McAfee that shit my, across the room. My, your my lawn. peeps will tell you that that's the only way to go. <laughs> Me and Adam are right. And you're a dumbass. All right. So, again, all you got to do is put that in. Now, what are some of the caveats, guys, that uh, you'd have to worry about having a brackish tank? Plants. Food. So, let's start with plants, right? Plants, you can do many different types of plants. Simply look it up and see if it can withstand salt. That's a quick Google search for any breed of plant you're wanting to put in there. And there is a it is limiting. So, if you wanted to do some sort of, you know, crips that aren't really salt are salt sensitive that you can't even dose with. You can't use those. But most plants, you'd be really surprised on the salinity level they can withstand. Some actually thrive or require a little bit of salt in the water. So whatever breed you have, try to identify it the best you can. Send a picture to a friend if you don't know what it is. Do your research. Or if you have a little extra, take a snippet off, plant it in a saltwater tank, and see what happens. That's right. There That's a way go. to experiment. Mangroves. Mangroves. Mangroves are wonderful and require salt. And are beautiful extensions to the top of your aquarium. If you Java f- ferns, Java fern. Yep, I, I I haven't tested this one. Yeah, but, uh, seems seems Java accurate. Fern, Java fern are one of the few few plants that I know of that'll take like brackish water salt levels, and then they're they're durable enough that a lot of brackish water fish are actually kind of herbivorous. Like they always nip at plants. That's a big word. And. and uh, We'll see. At least you recognize it. It was a big word, Jim. Rob's still in, in amazement. That's I'm looking a window over here. That's because he runs a microwave with the door open. You assholes. <laughs> Jerk. But no, they, so they're a hardy plant and they're just durable, but I've always seen them do really good at, with uh, brackish water. Interesting. I did not know that. Madagascar lace plants cannot take any salt. No. The most beautiful plant out there, and they are so touchy. They also can't take a lot of flow. They also, if a fish farts on them the wrong way, they'll fall apart and melt. Pretty much. I mean, that, that's that's beside the Thank you, Debbie planting. Downer. My God. Yeah. Hey, I'm not bitter at all. My latest plant hasn't sprouted. You know, we should do a plant, a, a plant podcast sometime. That's something no, I don't, that's something I want to learn about. Oh, I have just the person. We have a uh, gentleman in the Discord that uh, sells a ton of plants. And uh, well, there's a, a pile of people that have asked, but uh, I think we have a plethora. I think that would be a great one. Yeah, we need, we need to find the right secrets. person because I am not plant experiences, we know. We just have to get to one of those days where uh, we have to embrace the Malaysian trumpet snail memes because they're going to make fun of us forever. 
you know. Oh yeah, planted people like planted tank people like Malaysian trumpet snails. That's how you can find yourself a planted hippie. Ask them if they have MTS in their tank, and they're proud of it. You guys are psychos with your trumpet snails. I tell you, us. You had the soapbox last time we talked about. I, them. I don't, I'm not a fan, but not a fan. But you know, I my, might skip my, this one. My opinion means nothing. We know that. Praise be the trumpet snail. Praise be the trumpet snail. All right. So you also said food. What did you mean by that, Adam? A lot of your brackish water fish require a little bit more specialized diet. Uh, live or frozen food, they don't really go for like flakes or pellets. They just require that movement or that flavor or that look of real food. So here's some examples, right? We have the archer fish. The archer fish is a gorgeous um, banded uh, fish. Um, it takes a while, if, especially if you're getting them from a distributor that may have live or you know, have a young one that really hasn't dithered with a lot of other fish. They will eat. <laughs> you said dithered. Dithered, right. They will eat. <laughs> wow. And shock you. Yeah. Actually, you should be shocked. That's that's an HR thing right there. Yeah, you dithered. said dithered. What's wrong with dithered? Hey, you said it again. I shock you. Uh, do I have to Google this shit? There's a dither fish. Dithered is something completely different. You know what? I, <laughs> that's it. We're going to stop right here. I'm gonna I, go I grew it. up on the wrong side of the tracks in North Dakota. So Dithered, meaning. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Appearing what to porn contain more are colors than are really available. Wow. Yeah. I think, I think there's multiple meanings of dithered. Wait, 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 wait. We got an Urban Dictionary this year. No, we're not going to Urban Dictionary this stuff. <laughs> Come on. No. That's... This is why we needed the HR. Yeah, this is where you get shocked again. But this is, this is the content people come for. Are you kidding? All right. Dithering. Takes ages to do a job or being intentionally slow. Nope. There's a ton of meetings. So I don't know what you're getting after. Not even Urban Dictionary can slap me in the face with this one. Hmm. All right. So dithering, in my use of the word, is when a you have a dither fish, meaning they watch the other fish's actions or demeanors and tries to imitate them for either social or interactive behaviors. I have a roseline shark in my tank that has calmed down my bala shark tenfold. Without him, I don't think they would have uh, would have done that. So it changes their behavior because they learn off the other fish. So when an archer fish gets to dither with others, it learns to eat flake, eat pellets. You can also take a long tweezer and try to you know move the surface tension of the water. They'll come get a pellet just much like a beta would. So you can get it off of them. But again, they do lean towards the live food like crickets because they're squirting a stream of water out of their mouth and they surface and hitting a bug. An archer fish? They're super yeah. fun. Are they brackish? They're super brackish. Yes, they are. I knew that. Are you okay? Did you uh, did you find that rubber cement glue before we started the podcast? <laughs> no. No? You just hate the word dithered? Yeah, I grew up in North Dakota. It means completely something different. <laughs> you gotta tell me after the podcast. Off the air, yeah. <laughs> Off the air? Mm -hmm. All right. Some more. Oh, whoa, whoa. We got one of the viewers. I feel like you mean diddled. That is not <laughs> what I meant, but well, well played, listener. Yeah, well played. There, there we go. Again, the diets of bracket fish do vary, and that's mainly because the variety of areas brackish fish come from. They're all over the world, and generally the mangrove-type areas are an estuary of mixed species. So they have a lot of different uh, flex diets due to different changing seasons. Check your fish. A lot of them will have uh, completely different uh, needs, but that goes for any fish. You want to do your homework before you purchase any fish. I wouldn't really leave that up to brackish or not. Just be aware that there's some weird species in brackish. 
What other things do we have to worry about, Adam or Jimmy? On brackish fish? On brackish tanks. Nothing else? Come on. What's so hard about this? Algae control. All right. So is, is algae control as much of a problem when you have salt in the tank? You still have algae. You yeah, still have hair algaes. In, in saltwater tanks, you have all kinds of algae. So why wouldn't you have algae in a brackish tank? Is that right. what you're saying? I, know, I think he's saying that the algae problems, like there's not a lot enough avid cleaners. Like we have uh, Placos, different shrimp and whatnot. Auto sinkless, yeah. Right. So that's the one we get is we don't have the necessarily a lot of cleaner fish, which I'd like to ultimately argue. Brackish species contain a lot of different options. So the biggest one I like to lean on is the Amano shrimp. So the Amano shrimp are commonly used in freshwater, but to breed, they require brackish. So you can't even See, have I... them breed without it. And they're, they're not the uh, cheapest shrimp either. No. So plus one for you. I think out of any creature, you know, ounce for ounce, there's no better creature in the brackish or freshwater world that cleans better than an Amano shrimp. They will take blackbeard algae, hair algae, they'll clean surfaces, they'll clean plants. They're just a wonderful, hungry, hungry hippo. Do they eat the diatom algae? Like the diatom, the brown diatom slime that you sometimes get? Yes. And I have I have Amanos in most of my tanks, and they do. They may pick it, other things first, but they absolutely eat it. So the added benefit of having the Amano shrimp in your tank is, heck, they might breed. And that's a wonderful thing because mono shrimp are expensive. The mono shrimp, if you see them on the bottom, they'll hold a clutch of eggs. All shrimp hold the eggs on their person until they're hatched and then they release. So you'll see a bunch of eggs like, oh, that shrimp is holding. And then nothing will happen. Eventually the holding will just drop and you won't see anything happen. That's because they're, they're frankly just dying and then they're eating the dead eggs. So if you want to breed those, put them in a brackish where they should be. What other cleaners can you guys uh, think of? Florida flagfish. They love the algae. Yes, they do. And our friends at Secrets Farms sell the Florida flag fish. They're relatively inexpensive and very beautiful. Yeah, so if your local pet store doesn't have them, that's one of those species that they will even through COVID be able to get access to. They have some sort of, they say muted colors, but mine always, after a little time having them and putting them on right food, always brighten up. They're real, real fun and active and uh, monsters on chewing different algaes and surfaces. And another added benefit about the Florida flagfish is you can normally throw them out in your fish pond, and they do very well. I had Florida flagfish out of my um, rain barrel, basically, just to keep down the mosquito larvae. And when I brought them in last fall, they were absolutely gorgeous. And on the same and note, mollies do the same thing as mollies, American flagfish. Yeah, I was going to say mollies. So what's your experience with mollies? Um, well, for my store, I always actually purposely kept mollies in brackish water but they love algae in fact i almost think that out of all the fish they're almost strictly herbivores like i don't think they really i mean they'll eat like the protein like the brine shrimp larva and everything else brine shrimp and stuff but they almost seem to like if you throw an algae wafer in a tank full of mollies that thing's gone in like three minutes yeah they're voracious eaters that's for sure so the other thing that we'd like to pick on just for more surface area because you know, mollies, they like to pick on stuff that has some growth. So we want some more uh, surface tank um, creatures that'll do it. The nearite snail. Nearite snails are super, super popular, and they have a high price tag for designer nearite snails. And they have to also be in brackish water in order to breed, or actually salt water, right? They need salt water, I think. Yeah. Well, uh, they do do brackish, absolutely. I've had uh, brackish tanks where I put nearites, and they bred perfectly fine. 
Maybe I put a little bit too much because, again, at that time I didn't use a hydrometer. I licked the, I tasted the water, but all my other fish were doing great. So that's because you probably were using a barometer, dumbass. Well, that that would break in a tank. I mean, yeah. I mean, I watched Twister once and I had to buy a barometer. There you go. Terrible puns. You were yeah shocked again. So that should be at least enough to get started on the cleanup crew. There are others, but uh, generally it's just loose flake, and you're already taking that with some other uh, other fish. But those are staples, right? There should be enough to take care of, like, a cleanup crew to try to do your glass. But never replace any fish or shrimp or snails for tank maintenance. If you can't grab an algae scraper to clean off the sides of your tank and understand how the bloom works, maybe you're feeding too much, that uh, type of question, you know, change your water, do your maintenance, love your fish. If you're not interacting with the tank, you don't know when stuff goes wrong. Now, let's talk about the more exotic brackish fish that... That you don't see very often. Well, I, I feel like there's a whole long line of that, but we still haven't covered uh, if there's anything else that we need to worry about for brackish tanks. What would different? we have to worry about? I don't know, man. I've been trying to come up with all these ideas to see why people are complaining all the time. Well, I tell you, the one thing that you will find out is that if you have a brackish tank and you break your heater, that salt water conducts electricity even better than regular water. So if you see your fish darting and stuff, don't put your fingers in the water because you will get one heck of a shock. Or do it and poop your pants. Or get a bisectomy. That's how it works. <laughs> it all works the same. And that's 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 a fact, Jack. I feel like there's a story behind that. No, one. but I yeah. mean, I, I've had some broken tanks in brackish, or broken heaters in, in brackish and salt water, and it is one hell of a lot bigger jolt than it is when it's just fresh water. Fresh water is a nice little buzzing sensation in in your body the um brackish a little more intense your heart pounds a little bit salt water is poop your pants because it salt water really conducts electricity a lot more than regular water i'm just imagining you pooping your pants that's all i get to smile with that one all night yeah there you go think about that when you go to bed tonight well any other issues that you guys can think of and i'm asking this to you to listeners while we're doing the podcast is there any other brackish issues that you guys have heard because the amount of negative uh you know connotation that i hear when i type in brackish like oh no one does that it's not not worth it see i think some some of the most beautiful fish out there are brackish i love the monofish jimmy's just dying to talk about species i so here is your conversation on brackish species jimmy go monofish which to me one of my favorite fish is the angelfish and i think the monofish looks very similar to an angelfish it also looks very similar to a saltwater fish and that was my first when i was 16 years old i bought a monofish and i remember the fact that i probably when i was 16 years old i probably paid 12 or 13 dollars for that fish and i bought a pair of them and they had to educate me on, on brackish water and i went i don't got to do brackish water i'll put them in fresh because they're in fresh water here not knowing and went home and and they lived fine for about a week and then they they whistled away and died and so that was my first uh, failure with brackish. So I went back, listened to the pet store the second time, which was in the West Acre Shopping Mall in Fargo, North Dakota, went home, and I kept my monos for Jeepers a long time, maybe two, three years. And I just loved them. And I think they're probably one of the coolest fish out there because it's about as close as you're going to get looking to a saltwater fish in, in brackish water. Oh, 100%. They they look like modified designer angelfish. They're, they're quite cool. They have black and silver uh, lines going across their body, and a lot of the back fins even turn a hue of yellow. Yes, very beautiful. Very saltwater-esque. And there's something that I very seldom ever get anybody ordering, 
and uh, I very I sell very few, but the people that that do want them are very very excited to get them when once they show up. So I want to go over some like the species since we're picking our favorite species here. We already grabbed some. Is the misconception fish right? Uh, we talked about mollies, but also guppies. Guppies do normally do quite well in brackish water. Yes, there are some you know designer inbred guppies, but that's a that's a conversation of the state of guppies that they're not being uh, that hardy any longer. But guppies do excel in a brackish uh, brackish water climate as well. They'll do very well. So guppies, swords, platies also will do very well. I didn't know swords did it. Yeah, I mean, last week at Doctor Fish, he talked about how swords are uh, are very effective with salt. So no, he, no, no, that was Molly's. I thought no, he talked about sword tails too last week. If you guys would listen to the podcast last week, like I did, that's what you would have heard. I hope you're wrong, so we can call. It. I hope so too, because I just I want to get shocked. How about you, Adam? What's uh, what's one of your favorites? Oh, I've got a whole list. Let's hit Adam's why you, list. Why are you holding back? Well, I was being polite. He, he was so, listening to you about your story about pooping your pants. Hey, don't start me. Um, we've got bumblebee gobies yes. and just any species of gobies. Go- bumblebee gobies are my absolute favorite little brackish water fish because they always look either grumpy or happy, however you look at them. Well, before- They're just kind of a cool little fish, and you can breed them in brackish water like super easy. They look super angry. They kind of look like Jimmy after he's been told he can't have the last cookie. Oh. Just like pissy all the time in the tank. Kind of like, like a frown. Boy, <laughs> if you give him more cookies, he wouldn't be pissy. Right? Right? Oh, before, so, before we go on your list, Adam, you mentioned uh, um, you said bumblebee goby. That made me think of the pea puffers again. So a lot of the pea puffers that we get in the trade are acclimated to fresh. So be uh, be careful when you're doing this. Dose slow because, uh, again, a lot of times they're bred and raised in fresh water. Um, it's more of the green spotted puffer or what they call what was it the eight puffer. I can't remember what it was. Figure, figure eight. Puffers. Figure eight Leopard puffer. Figure eight. Those are the more traditional brackish puffer. But the pea puffers are normally done uh, bred and acclimated into freshwater. They certainly do uh, do well in brackish, but uh, be careful on that. You might have some mixed results. Anytime that you have fish that's changing anything in the environment abruptly is the issue. Fish can take a lot of abuse. You can take a fish from you know 68 to 85 degrees as long as you take a day to do it. In a frying pan. Right. So if you're going to do that, slowly start building up your brackish tolerance before you do that. Don't just dump. But anyways, your, your, your list, buddy, your list. OK, so uh, sailfin mollies. Ooh. I know that they're regarded as regular mollies, but sailfin mollies actually have a lot better behaviors and stuff. And actually, you can keep them in pure saltwater. I would put them in my marine aquariums and it was just extra food for the fish. What do you, um, what do you mean extra food for fish? Are you talking about the baby mollies? Yeah, the baby mollies would be extra food for the saltwater fish. You're a jerk. Well, fish got to eat. <laughs> but yeah, sailfin, uh, mollies, sailfin mollies come in a wide variety of colors, and they are, again, have turned kind of in like guppies where they have, you know, what, you, what was the word you called? The inbred. designer? Designer inbred. Design- I mean, we have kept these pure line of species, kind of like dogs, right? You get it like a mastiff. And a purebred mastiff has piles of knee issues and breathing issues. They're just, they're a crap dog because you got a purebred. And they've just been bred and bred over the years. Finally, and now have really bad genes from being inbred. You know, that's what's happening to the state of guppies right now. If you were a dog, I'd say you're a mastiff. Yeah, I got diabetes, bad eyesight, arthritis. Bad knees. I crap my pants last time I put my hand in your tank, Jimmy. Hey, it happens. You know, it's just, I'm a... 
I'm a purebred, purebred, purebred nerd. There you go. But that's what's happening with a lot of state of the state of guppies. So, you know, getting a mutt guppy, you know, may uh, be cheaper. It may not give you the all the warm and fuzzies having you know some expensive guppy. It's probably gonna last longer than some of these uh, you know crazy strains of inbred cobra guppies or whatever else you're finding. So other than a sailfin molly, Adam, what what else do you like? Um, half beaks. Ooh. So those I, are all one. I have the small, what we call the golden wrestling half beaks. They're they're actually white with a little bit of color on their tails. We got them in. They did really well. Um, I s- sold the majority of them to my friend, and I think he had a little bit too much current in his tank. They like a little bit more peaceful surface, um, and they crapped out in his tank. I still have one remaining that I didn't scoop for him, and it's uh, nice and big in the top of my 125 gallon tank, completely fresh water. But it absolutely loves salt. I've had it in a tank that was almost brackish because I was uh, treating some uh, fish in there. It just excelled. So that would be the only exception that I would have is those really those small ones, those gold half beaks do use fresh water, but they do better in brackish. And all the other half beaks, because there's a whole range of species, and you can talk to uh, Chris Biggs. He has a vast knowledge of the list of species of half beaks. Almost everything has. Uh, Dedication to brackish, and they're beautiful. Um, Anna bleeps the four-eyed fish. Those bastards. Those are cool. Have you had them before, Adam? Yes, I have, and they're really cool because the uh, uh, you know how is the family friendly way to say it? They gave me the heebie-jeebies because they're always staring at me. Well, that's because they have literally they have four eyes, but you in order to breed them, you need to get like six or eight. So they have to figure out which part goes where. That's right. I've talked about this. We talked about this oh, a little bit in our not this conversation uh, again. Oddball one. So I'm no. just going to give it a little. Let's not talk about this again. Come on, man. I do not want to hear about the left leaning penis. Uh, now I have to talk about oh, it. Oh Jesus! You, you did it. So anableps are a crazy uh, fish. They grow about 12 inches, and they're a live bearing species. Much the like fish a guppy. grow 12 inches. The fish grow 12 inches. They're peen. They're a gonopodium because I'm remembering this because I didn't sniff a lot of glue tonight. Uh, they have their gonopodium either left or right, and it needs to find a corresponding female with uh, the ace in the hole on the left or I right. can't believe we're having this conversation again. You don't believe me. Don't I believe, believe you, but I, I, I've read it. I actually thought you were full of crapola. I can't wait till I get these fish back in again. And I, I read about it. I'm just going, so you have to find a left hanging male to a right leaning no, no, female? No. Left to left. No, no, no. It's not left to left. It's it's left to right or right to left. You two suck at square dancing. I tell you that much. Yeah, because you know they have to meet. Like, remember, they're side by side. You don't want left to left. Then he's got to like dive down to the bottom. That's not how logistics work. You want a left thing to a right thing. That's what I'm saying. This is getting weird. I'm going to go put battery acid in my eyes. But just... By far one of my favorite brackish fish they're found in mangrove uh, areas, and it's not that the fish has four eyes. The fish has two pupils on a oblong eye. So the idea is the fish floats at the surface, and its eyeballs half exposed at the top and bottom, so they're looking both up for predators and down for food. They're quite the uh, fun little dolphin. They're looking down to see if their left-leaning peeny is hilarious. Right. This is a fish that needs surface area, not tank space. So getting a 300-gallon tank will do little to nothing. Getting an indoor kiddie pool, a $30 kiddie pool from Walmart, is a fantastic way to get these fish started. 
They have all the surface area they need. It may only be 30 gallons or whatever. I don't know what those pools hold. I have no clue. But it's not about depth. It's all about surface area. Here's one that most people don't know about. Colombian sharks and chromites. And there's actually two different species of chromites. And both of them, they're actually a brackish water cichlid. And not really worked with a lot. But kind of cool that people should try because they actually have a lot of like, the only thing is, is from what I've understood, because I have had them, but I've never bred them, is they're basically like brackish water convicts. That would be why. That would be that would be the <laughs> only downside is that they're basically a convict cichlid for well, brackish water. You know, I, I it's been a long time since I've heard the word Colombian shark. I think they're really cool. They look a little bit like a bullhead. Literally had to look it up because I had no idea what you guys oh, were really? talking about. We used to sell a crap yeah. ton of those things. They're called blackfin sharks. That's how I know them. Okay. Right? Yeah, no. Oh. Ever since I've started in this business, it's been Colombian, and yeah, I kind of forgot they called black tip sharks too. I'm actually trying to remember. I think the last time I saw them was probably when I was a kid and bought it from your store in Fergus Falls. Probably. Yeah, it's been like literally forever. I completely forgot about them. Yeah, they're cool. Good one, Adam. And then my other favorite is the different types of brackish water mooring eels. And the only what? thing with those is that you absolutely, absolutely have to have the tightest fitting lid that you could ever possibly put on a tank because they will literally squirm out of the smallest little opening and land on your floor and then you're missing your eel and then you go the next like two days later and you find it dried up on your floor. However, if you can find it within like the first eight to ten hours and throw it back in the tank, it's probably going to live. They're hardy little buggers. Again, all these stories feel like there's an experience behind them. Well, after they've been on the floor for three days, you call them eel on a stick. It's kind of like going but I have, had, I have had moray eels that have gotten out of either saltwater tanks or brackish water tanks, and I have found them within a certain amount of time and put them back in water, and they will come back. Yeah, bet is the same thing. Gorilla tape goes a long way, guys. That's all I'm saying. So while you say that, we have had a, uh, one of our listeners, Spino, that's been putting us a list of brackish fish, and he's been putting up a lot of information about moray eels because he's a huge fan. So to give you an idea, if you want to look it up, there's not a lot of freshwater eel species that we have. We have tire track eel, fire eel, snowflake eels, about the closest thing that we can get to a nice like looking moray style eel. But these that you can get for brackish, there's a whole long list of them. Um, one of them that he has, I'm just trying to find what he put here. Um, I thought this one was an Australian species, so we don't get it. There's a lot <laughs> of things figure, we don't, right? There's a lot of things that we don't get. Most of it. Well, you can get them. It's just a matter of knowing the right people. I, I was trying to find the different names of them, but there's a lot of different colors that you can find. Just type in, you know, a brackish mores and see what you can find. There's a di- bunch of different patterns. One of them they put on Discord is a black and yellow pattern. So you get a lot more vibrant color out of the eels than you do the muted freshwater species of eels that we get. Because the, you know, the fire eel has like one blotch of red and the rest makes it look like a giant leech. I mean, I hate to say it. That's, Why are you that's what an eel like. hater? I'm a little bit of an eel hater. If you're gonna have a nice eel, so all you, you eel don't want to have it look there, like please send by the thighs, right? You don't have some like some weird snout. You want to have that cool moray characteristic where it has that cool uh, eyeballs that are looking at you. I hope the next soul. time that we go out swimming on the reef that it attaches to your thing. I'm just saying that. The last time we were in Florida, when we went out swimming on the ocean, 
That would have been hilarious if that just, happened to just you. Just a little snap on my thing. Yes. A little snap. Just a little snap. A little tiny snap. I got, I got like three more things. All right. <laughs> All right. Fine. You go. You make it, you make it sound like you've got, got a little thing. A little thing, too. I, I, I don't have that problem. That's, oh that's your guys's. <laughs> See? See, where's the HR department? That's white discrimination right there. <laughs> You're fish, bro. <laughs> I've okay. got nothing. Uh, don't forget glassfish. What? Not the painted ones, but like hump-headed glassfish and regular glassfish. And they would go good with like your go- your gobies, um, that type of stuff. They're an amazing little fish. They have a really cool behavior. And when you feed them like frozen bloodworms or live blackworms, you can see the food in their belly. It is creepy. Can confirm. And um, uh, tigerfish, that is a really common brackish water fish. They get massively big. They're part of the part of the datanoids. There's essentially two different varieties. There's the New Guinea tigerfish and Siamese. The Siamese is the traditional one. They get about 18 inches. They're considered like a mini monster in a brackish tank, and they're beautiful. And then um, the one fish. Well, then then there was also some stuff like some of the pipefish, but I've never really worked with those in freshwater or brackish. I've only worked with them in saltwater. there was a beta that was brought up, which I didn't know. Is there any killifish or rainbows that are brackish water, Robs? Some of the, um, because there's two different body styles of rainbow. We have the traditional big rainbow, like the uh, Basami rainbow, Millennium rainbow. Um, those are freshwater all through. But some of the nano species, like uh, fricata rainbows, do better with a little bit of salt. Um, in my experience, I know that there's a plethora of different species. Even in the Discord, they put one up. Um, you know, that, all really these pretty. nano species have such a horrible long name. Um, but look them up. You'll see a lot of different uh, nano species. They're trying to find Some. common names, but they're very hard to find it in the aquarium market. You can only get like a handful of the different nano species. I think Fricata is going to be probably the one that's going to be the one that is a little bit better in salt. It's very beautiful. I, I tell you what, if you're not on Discord, you should be on Discord. People are putting up beautiful pictures of beautiful fish, and I'm really impressed of how vibrant some of these fish are in color. They just rival marine fish. I'm just glad that they're not putting up any little things on the Discord. We right. have to ban them. Yeah, right. Yeah, that, I'm surprised we're not banned, actually. But, you know, there's always tomorrow. Is that all the species yeah. you got, Adam? No, I do have... One more um, that I have personally done, coolie loaches. Really? That I did not yeah. know. And I actually, that's how I bred them, I think, is because I had them in brackish with my sailfin mollies. And then I did a um, the sailfin mollies I got bored with, so I got rid of them. And then I switched them to pure freshwater and forgot that I had coolie loaches. And then I did a massive water change, and I started with eight, and I ended up with like 50. So there's... There's a thought for you, Jimmy, because we always have a problem. Jimmy and I have had a lot of problem with coolie loaches. We can order black coolie loaches, and they're really cheap. The black ones do very well. I mean, good luck finding them, but they're really cheap. So I have a bunch of black coolie loaches on hand. They're doing great, but the banded, and every time that we've ordered banded coolie loaches, and of course they're always more expensive, but they always crap out on us. Yeah, you see, we were just assuming that maybe it's the vendor we got it from or something else, but that may be the key. But sometimes too, it gets a little bit of fungus on them. They just don't seem as hardy as a black coolie loach, and everybody wants the banded coolie loach. But you're right. Yeah, and that's and that's what I did is I always put them with salt. Sorry if I interrupted, Jim. What were you saying? No, I totally agree with you. I you know sometimes going from 
from fresh, you know, from brackish to, to, to fresh or fresh to brackish will uh, get a fish spawning. And uh, you never know which way it goes. But yeah, I, I completely did not realize that you could keep a coolie loach in brackish water. That's kind of cool. Well, I almost thought that that's why I had success with them because I did, like, I had the same problem you guys did where they would just die, you know, and you're like, what the hell are they dying from? And they just seem to die. But then I, I put them in the brackish tank and they did amazing. You, and then, you, of course, you can't get them. You know, somebody just put up on Discord, it says, I don't know, but little coolies remind me of mangrove snakes. And I agree. Looking at them, they look very much like a mangrove snake which I don't want in my tank because I hate snakes, damn it. But, you know, back to your... to your. You just hate anything that could be resembled a little thing. Yeah. <laughs> God, I hate you all tonight. And tomorrow, <laughs> probably, too. The You know, back to, to um, pipefish. I've gotten pipefish in on several occasions when I've ordered in, um, like, freshwater feeder guppies. And they go out to the pond and they sane them. And uh, Ty and I used to get... Uh, five to 10,000 feeder guppies in at a time. And there'd almost always be in those little pipe fish. And we always took them out and we tried to keep those things alive and we never had any, any good uh, luck with them. But, you know, finding out that they need very much, you know, live brine shrimp or live mosquito larvae to, to, uh, to live. But I love pipe fish. I wish I could keep them. They don't have as big a mouth as you do. They're quite small. Right. They can't just donuts you know what i mean that's correct we figured that out <laughs> all right adam got any more fish yeah i have one that i don't recommend ever and they get <laughs> so bring it up as, they get labeled as freshwater stonefish oh the the, the batfish or whatever they nickname them at no 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 that they literally get jim's seen them on the list too they get named to put in the oddball list on the secrets list stonefish they, they look like a rock. yeah they're, they're they're poisonous yeah, they're extremely venomous, not poisonous. Well, excuse poisonous me, venomous. Yeah. But they're cute. They're super cute. I don't know why you, well, you hate on them. Well, Unless I you're Adam and stick your hands you. in the tank. It, yeah, I think they would kill you. 100%. Looks like a turd with a mouth. Could kill you, but they have, they're have. they adorable. Like, I don't, I don't even know what the hate's for. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different cool uh, fish that lay in the bottom. Oh, there. There's pictures. Well, that's what I'm looking at. Look what at the doing? pictures. Yeah. See, I don't know why you guys hate on that. It looks like a wonderful decorated turd. Yep. They don't move. They kind of lay in the bottom. And when the fish, your favorite fish, whatever your favorite fish may be, swims by, he opens his mouth, sucks it in, and it's gone. Yes, forever. Yes. And uh, I've seen some people call those stonefish, different different things and stuff. But um, Yeah, like, freshwater stonefish. That's that's how they're marked in pretty much every catalog. Yeah. And the thing is, there's many different varieties. And there's... they. Many different varieties. They are all kind of sold under one thing called the stonefish. For experts only, do not put your hand in tank. Will kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, I don't I, and that, I you. think we've all agreed on that it will kill you, right? I don't think it'll kill you. You know what we should do? Let's do an experiment. You, well, again, there, you, so there's most, multiple species. The ones that we've gotten in the past will kill you. Oh, you guys. Well, quit licking your stuff. That's all we're saying. Listen, you're all getting a blue ring octopus for Christmas, so stop it sweet 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 that was adam's answer always <laughs> you, you know how all these conspiracy theorists and stuff talk about how, you know how would you kill a person and get away with it adam was always gonna buy a blue ring octopus and throw it in somebody's 
drink or something. I don't know what he was going to do. God damn it, Jim. Now that one goes out the window. Oh. <laughs> so don't kill anybody in your next lifetime. You won't have that problem. The FBI is like, he's a fish guy, right? Yeah. yeah it's definitely him. <laughs> yeah. Blue, blue ring octopus. This gal is up in Canada and a blue ring octopus stuck to her face. Wow. No, no, no. Actually, the venom, from what I've understood, looks makes it mimic a heart attack perfectly. And the venom uh, of the blue ring. It goes through their system pretty quickly, so you can't really trace it, from what I've understood. But I think, I, th- I think we're, we're, you know, when the thing is stuck to somebody's face, I think that's going to be a giveaway. I'm just saying. Uh, but those are very beautiful too, the blue ring octopus. So get one yeah. of those too. Put it in with your rock fish and see who lives. See, why can't we find like a nice fish that uh, is venomous that when it stings you, you shit your pants? That's I want that fish. I give it to all my friends. You'd be like, dude, it bit me. <laughs> Shit, my pants. You know, you, you get fine with you feel like listening to this podcast kind of has an effect on me at times. It just makes you shake. It's like, oh my god, I can't believe those guys said that. All right, Adam. The editors get so many problems. <laughs> All right, Adam. What 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 what, you, what else you got? Um. That's about it. Freshwater flounder is like the only other thing, but I don't oh, think they I got this really... one. So uh-huh. you, you why hate on why hate on my flesh freshwater flounder, all right? I love flounders. What do you, what, what shit you got to say about it? Come on now, give it give it Flounders me. rock. I I I just You don't they like look flounders? Like a turd literally in the bottom of a fish. Excuse me. It looks like a flat turd, like somebody ran it over. All right. So when you get these these things, they're also labeled as hog chokers because that's clearly a <laughs> HR name. I didn't make up at this moment. <laughs> you know right. what? I want you to Urban Dictionary hog choker and to see what you come up with. Because I think for sure somebody's going to jail tonight and it ain't going to be me for saying hog choker. That's going to be that's gonna be Rob. Oh, no way. All right. Hog choker Urban Dictionary. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> a rare bird found in East Coast Erie. Uh, hibernate seven years. Okay, that's not good. <laughs> that's it. It's just a bird. All right. Urban Dictionary sucks. I win. But no, it's for real call a holly choker. They're they're fun and they're stupid cheap. If you have a, a local pet store that doesn't want to get these in, they're just they're boring. They're like 25 cents on most lists when they come in or 50. They're real cheap. So you get these in, you get them about the size, anywhere between a nickel and a quarter. And they look when they're young, they have this beautiful marble pattern. It's like a gray, black and brown mix. And they're flat, flat as a disc. You put them in your tank. They stick to the side of the glass. They uh, bury themselves in sand because gravel sucks. And they're just a fun fish, right? And they grow up. As they grow up, they turn more brown, but they retain their black blotchy spots. And they literally look like everything that you'd imagine a saltwater flounder would be. But they only get about, I probably mine was six, eight inches. I was going to say five, six inches easy. That That's pretty much all they get. As they grow... If something fits in their mouth, it dies. I mean, that's as simple as that. But that's with most fish that are semi-aggressive. If they can eat it, they will. Other than that, they're fun. They're hardy. A whole hog choker will bury itself in sand. Super fun and interactive. Why do they call it a hog choker? Do hogs choke on these things when they eat them? I don't know. Why do they call them a freshwater f- f- uh, flounder when they're bracket? I think what they are is basically kind of like a water wood tick is what they are. Ooh, better name for them. Water wood tick? Water wood tick. There we go. How, so, how do we just call them flat patties and just flat patties? No. Flat patties. No. We just Wait, need a better PR team for some of these fish. Say that again, Adam. <gasps> we forgot about that one. On yet? 
All right. The last one that, of course, because Adam had his list. I had my list, which we did a lot from Adam's list already, is all the scats. There is a bunch of... No more glue. No. Damn it, Jimmy. I was scatting. No, you're yeah. sniffing glue. No, I was scatting. You know, some of those some of those old uh, old jazz guys would scat. Oh, so you you metaphorically put a dime in the in the jukebox in the jukebox, and you're playing something that I'm scatting resembles... like like the old blues guys. They scat. Come on, dumbass! Somebody clip that and send it out as a ringtone. <laughs> oh my god! So scats are a beautiful fish. They resemble the uh, other datnoids we spoke of, the tiger fish that have the uh, same flat, squarish body structure. There's a, a few different scats. There's, there's they're spotted scats. Did you say they're square? They're kind of square, man. It's not as square as Look you. Look at that. It's square. If, if The only thing I see square in this room is you. Oh, no. my God. What? I did hear one thing about these guys. Well, like down, down, at, the, down at the pub? You heard about it or what? No, no, no. I was wondering... Do these guys have a venomous spine? What? Back spines are they venomous? I, I've heard that uh, <laughs> if you get poked with them, they're toxic, but they don't do anything besides like make you swell up a little bit. See what he's trying to do here? He's trying to figure out now that the blue ring octopus thing is out. I have to know this now. for killing somebody. Now he's going, "Oh, could I use a scat and put it in their drink and kill them?" No, I'm not going to put anything in their drink. Oh, reliving your 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 college days when you used to try to pick up women at the club. Check this out. So I, I've had scats, didn't know this. Apparently, they have the venom. scats are venom, venomous. There you go, Adam. Go figure. Maybe this is why brackish gets such a bad rap. We got the stonefish that'll kill you. We got scats that have venom. You know, uh, we, we talked about the four eyes that oh, make you feel it, creepy. Maybe that's why. They this got this whole podcast makes you creepy because you're talking about the the four-eyed anablips with the thing that hangs left and he's looking for a girl that hangs right. I just think that's just weird. Well, here's another thing. We have a, a tank full of beautiful scats above us that some uh, listener showed us a picture of. Very beautiful. And there's a square dildo on the back. So I'm frankly I'm frankly scared as well. Maybe that's it. <laughs> that's it. Brackish just has that bad PR. I, I can't believe that nobody's put up a thing on, on the podcast live chat about scatting. You know, after I scat. They did. Did they? Yeah. Did so I he's a shoobadoo wop bop guy. Right yeah. Here? Just for just for you, Jimmy. That's me. That's me on drugs right there. Or glue. Definitely or glue. glue. But apparently, according to this, their spines have venom. Scat people? Uh scats in the Persian Gulf. Um induce painful wounds, partly prioritize um whom touches the spine. So well maybe that's what happened to me, because I, I got poked, I swelled up a little bit. Maybe I'm just a little bit better on the the toxins. Paralysis? Maybe that's why I can smell colors. <laughs> you can smell color that tasted purple <laughs> i didn't know that i need some of that when we get done with this yeah apparently uh, i'm just reading here localized pain partial paralysis and itching so yeah maybe that's what happened to me then itching. i just never knew and i bought a fish <laughs> that explains so very much oh shit so for any of those people out there who are doing heavy drugs right now you can get yourself a scat fish for next to nothing they're gorgeous fish. Now, us telling yes. you that they're venomous, clearly they're not venomous in the, the thing that'll kill you. Don't put your hands in there, but they're gorgeous fish. They come in all different colors. They have dots. They have stripes. Even the one that we see here on Discord is black with uh, yellow tails and head. It's just gorgeous stuff that you can see out there for scats. There's a whole long line, but apparently, be careful on touching them. Didn't know that. 
with anything, don't put your hand in the water until you know what you're grabbing. You figure that when you buy a fish, they give you like some sort of warning, like, hey, may kill you. Hey, may swell up. You know, but here, here's the other thing. In a store, I don't have the time to label everything that could possibly kill somebody. <laughs> okay, you okay. might want to take the time to do that. All right, let's let's make that argument because I feel like McDonald's like I don't have time to possibly label that your coffee is going to burn you. I get that. <laughs> But this is different. This is a creature that could kill you, prove permanent damage to you. You got to at least put a label on that shit. You know what I mean? But if I know that it's deadly, I purposefully don't keep it into my store unless I get it by accident in Jim's Live Rock. Well, what about your 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 uh, lionfish? That's that's deadly to some people. You just got lucky. I know I got lucky, but people want that one, and they know that it's venomous. <laughs> And so, Mom, I want that one. Okay, here you go, daughter. And and, and so the selling point was, yeah, once once you uh, get stung by one of these things, your arm swells up and you can't talk and 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 you can smell colors. Smell colors. <laughs> smell colors. <laughs> Why can't I taste metal in my mouth? But I mean that that's right up there with piranhas. Like people get the everybody thinks red-breasted piranhas are just this violent, vicious thing. They are not, and and they're not. They're just big ass pansy fish but like you get the golds and the blacks and the diamond ones and those will just go right through the tank trying to kill you they will knock on the window and try to lure you over and eat you yes i totally agree if i dropped a net in a red-breasted piranha tank i would reach in and grab it mindful i would watch them but i had some black uh piranha that i gotten from somebody and he said yeah these things are nasty you don't ever go after a net when you drop them in there and uh the one time I had a net and moving from tank to tank, I, I used a double net and he was on the floor before I got him out of the water because he went through the net. But he would sit there and look at me and knock on the glass and go, are you going to feed me today, butthole? And I'd go, uh, yeah, I guess. Because, he, I mean, they're aggressive. They, he'd come right to the front of the tank and stare you down. Whereas red-breasted piranha, you, you feed them goldfish and you stand back 25 feet in the darkness and wait for them to eat and then see the glitter show, which I like to call the snow globe. You know, when they chomp on the goldfish and all those pretty scales fly all over the place? You get yourself a little poof. Yeah, you go, oh, snow globe. Wow. Yeah. This uh, this whole thing has taken a that's very... Got, that's got nothing to do with brackish, by the very way. Very different turn. That's right. So, above, I, I got I to gotta read this quote. Because, again, we're getting a live chat from uh, people that are listening in. So, let's see if I can find it here. It was Oh, there's a quote right there I wanted to read. Yeah, I agree. Rob should run the microwave without the door being open. No, no door. You're terrible, man. I thought you loved me. Hold on. I'm almost there, Jimmy. It was so funny. I gotta find it. Hey, so where yeah. we, this is where we pay the Here's the where we play Je the Jeopardy theme song scrap. <laughs> He's nodding, yes. Actually, oh. is there one for the Oh, here um, when you're swimming in the creek and an eel bites your cheek, that's amore. <laughs> <laughs> I love that quote. We got to get that into a t-shirt. Oh, that's amore. Um, anyways, let's let's pick like one or two more and, and cut it off because there's a lot of fish to go off of. But we can't forget the mud skipper. What? Right? Oh, I forgot all about those. How dare you? I like mud skippers. Adam just yeah. like associates that thing as like a half lizard creature. So that's because he's a lizard guy. Adam, tell us about mudskippers. Okay, mudskippers are really cool because they come out of the water and suck the blood they, out of your neck at night. 
No. Are you sure? Rob's You're not helping. I'm just the PR of I'm... brackish. <laughs> <laughs> no, mudskippers are just really cool because they build a nest on land and they they have holes and they fight with each other and they squirt mud at each other and the males have these big flashy really pretty top fins but they literally come out of the water and they i don't know how long they come out for like what 10 to 15 minutes at times i think looking for blood no they don't look for blood they just come out of the water and they like hop around on land and they hunt crickets on land they're just a really cool fish that I totally forgot about. Like, if anything, if you wanted to set up a paludarium, which is, or a, you know, a half land, half water uh, tank, which would be really cool, put mud skippers in it. That would just be amazing. And then send pictures. <laughs> and there's a bunch of different mud skippers. You know, there's Indian mud skippers, there's African mud skippers. Almost all of them are exclusively brackets. So tell me how poisonous they are. I don't think they are. They're not. They look poisonous. Just look. I mean, at them. yeah, they got some of them have like all the kind of decorative stripes, maybe blues on them. Yeah, they they look like uh, some sort of like dart frog is gonna bite your ass. But no, they're uh, they're fun. They're, so they're like a half way between like a fish, a frog, and a salamander. They're real cool looking. Yeah, so they come out of the water looking for blood and they eat crickets. Okay, we'll go with it. All right, I, I feel like we need to make a horror movie just to fulfill your your freakish fantasy. You know, of the back of the thirty foot mud skipper. There we God, go. That's a, a B-rated movie right there. That's great. Let's do it. So I think the uh, last two we can pick on is betas have been debated if they want to have uh, have them in salt. Uh, I've used fresh, excel breeding betas in fresh. I can't ignore that betas like fresh water. But wild betas that are getting more and more popular because of people like Foo the Flower Horn on YouTube. Uh, fantastic YouTube channel. Check it out. He makes uh, all these tanks with absolutely no filter whatsoever and he, he all he does is play music behind and show how these uh, fish tanks live after every couple months he puts out a new youtube video giving status updates and watching them grow and popularize uh wild betas they got a, a little bit of surge in this last couple years because of those videos but they do extremely well in brackish and the goblin or was it leaf goblin fish or wasp fish wasp check, wasp what is that? How do you, how there, do you there, there's a picture. Wasp. 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 What? Just like you're either wasp. a twat or a twat. You are both a twat. <laughs> you're a twit and a twat. No, these things look cool. They kind of look like a, I don't know, like a red, a red stone. They look very saltwater, don't they, they? They look like Batman. Batman? Batman. Looks like a batfish kind of to me. I guess. A little bit. A little, little rosier, a little uh, more character. They, they're, they're pretty small. They uh, seem to grow. I haven't had, had these. I've only seen them. Um, looking here, it says, uh, you know, grow to only be an inch or two in the tank. So give not, that a try. Look that up. I don't believe that's uh, venomous either. I've never seen one of those. Those are cool. Well, I think we've given up plenty of different ideas. We gave you cleaner species. We gave you different ways to uh, check your salinity. And we've proven that the tanks do not have any special requirements as far as the equipment, the tank, the setup. So go hog wild, guys. Give it a try. And if you've learned anything from the Dr. Fish podcast, is My that us saying that you need salt was not an exaggeration. Salt is just the go-to. It's like, oh, my fish looks funny. Salt. Um, maybe they're just not eating right. Salt. You know, their colors aren't bright enough. Salt. Like, it, it was ridiculous on the amount of treatments that they gave us and really proved 
that our theory was correct on just abuse salt. So why not just go a little further and try a brackish tank? I think you should. <laughs> I think you should just go out and buy a new tank and try a brackish yeah. tank. I want somebody to go out there and get some of these crazy freaking mud skippers. And I want them to see them come out and hunt crickets. I think that would be cool. And if you get stung by a scat, we want pictures. Yes. And if you poop your pants, we'll take your word on that. We'll fly you to Minnesota. No, we don't want we don't want no pictures of that. We just want <laughs> we'll just take your word on it. Oh. I tried wait, wait, to Rob, you're you're literally gonna fly somebody to Minnesota to tell us that they got stung by a scat. If someone has evidence of a video that they got stung by a scat and can correlate that to shitting their pants, I'll fly them out to Minnesota. <laughs> but you know the the best part You're is- flying economy. Probably gonna get you the two hundred fifty dollar COVID tickets, but I'll get you there. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not going back home. That's on you. I'll That's on you. Here. We'll get you here to Minnesota. We're not picking you up. We'll go you half. Up. We're not picking you up either. We'll go half. <laughs> you know, welcome to the Minneapolis airport. Have fun. Let us know how it went. Well, I think that's uh, the podcast, other than uh, we can double check for, for questions from the listeners. Um, we forgot the other thing. The only other thing that we forgot was fiddler crabs. Fiddler crabs. There's a whole line of crustaceans that, uh, again, most crustaceans come on a mangrove sea beach area. So they're they're very adaptive to saltwater conditions. So if you want to look up most fiddler crabs, I think vampire crabs, they're no, no, those are fresh. Vampire crabs are completely fresh. Vampire, vampire and the red devil ones are, are fresh because I. Well, see, I always add a little water or a salt, no matter what. So I just I'm covering my bases. Oh, I know see, they I do well. Yeah, there's so many cool crabs out there. We could do a whole crab convention type podcast, and then we're never doing anything on Malaysian trumpet snails. Just so you know. And never, never again. Somebody sent me a picture of Malaysian trumpet snail. No, that was uh. Never mind. <sighs> There's there's crabs. So so it says up there, Malaysian trumpet snails, turn it back, have been known to tolerate brackish. They've been known to tolerate nuclear waste. Uh, battery acid. Uh, <laughs> being nuked in a microwave. Jimmy shoe. Uh, they uh, bleach. <laughs> yep. Can the heater at 110. Yeah. The only thing left in after a nuclear holocaust is going to be cockroaches and Malaysian trumpet snails, and they're and water bears. What's a water bear? It's it's uh these and, little tiny microscopic creatures. They can go to they can live for like 150 years. They can survive the vacuum of space. I don't want to. I want to. I want to see if you get a study on that. Get some. I get feel some. like that's how you make kombucha. <laughs> that's that's like brewers yeast and kombucha. Maybe 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 their uh, water bears waste is kombucha is just water bear waste. There you go. Well, check it out, guys. If you got more questions or follow-up, certainly join us at AquariumGuysPodcast.com, bottom of the website. You can find any ways to contact us, join our Discord, enjoy the the uh, live streams that we do of the podcast. We try to do these Monday nights at 7, uh, 7 o'clock Central. Um, last week, we were unable due to uh, health issues, but Jen, Jen's all good now. So uh, certainly come join us. We'd uh, love you to join the party. And uh, thank you to our sponsor, JoeShrimpTech.com. Yeah, and it's been fun with everybody adding and, and throwing stuff on the podcast live chat, uh, showing us pictures and stuff. That has been fantastic. Thank you guys for doing that. You guys are Keep uh, bringing in the Dr. Fish questions as well. We'll be doing that as a regular basis. We aim to do that once a month. Anything else, guys? No. No. Jimmy, put down the glue. No, you can't have the glue. Oh, I got to have the glue. Don't sniff glue. Sniff. Podcast out. Bye.
Thanks, guys, for listening to the podcast. Please go to your favorite place where podcasts are found, whether it be Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever they can be found. Like, subscribe, and make sure you get push notifications directly to your phone so you don't miss great content like this. I never knew that a Minnesota accent could be so sexy until I heard Adam's voice. Go f*** yourself, don't you know? (laughs) (laughs) That's my boy, don't you know.